When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dr. Leaf and you're listening to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. For today's podcast, I'm airing an interview I recently did and really enjoyed on my good friend Kimberly Snyder's podcast. It's one of my favorite interviews and we really get deep into how to heal your mind by changing toxic thoughts. And before we begin, you can get even more bonus ad-free content from me when you subscribe to my Patreon. This month's bonus episode is the full video recording for my 2021 mental health retreat on a talk I did on how to reduce chronic and acute anxiety using the NeuroCycle. Now, on to today's episode. So Dr. Leaf, it's so wonderful to have you on the show today. I've been a big fan of your work for a while. And so, wow, here we are speaking. Thank you for taking the time. Oh, thank you, Kimberly. It's great to meet you. I'm a fan of your stuff too. So wonderful that you can connect like this. <laughs> so I actually saw in your, I was reading on your website, doctor, that you're born in Zimbabwe, which is yes. a country I actually traveled through quite a bit when I was backpacking in Africa. So I camped all across oh, Zimbabwe. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. When was that? Was that quite recently? This was back in, I think, and I'm terrible with the years. I think it was 2006. Wow. So that even then when things are still unstable, that's not the safest country to backpack in. So that but it's beautiful. But it's a beautiful country. Oh, you know, it was, you know, I know there's been a lot of, you know, instability over over the years, but the land is beautiful. And I have to say the people oh, as they're amazing. Well, amazing, yeah. big hearts, so connected. Yeah. And open and loving and you very, know, very one of my favorite so. countries. It is. It's a beautiful country. We unfortunately left when I was very, very young. When there were so many years of problems there. So I grew up in South Africa and I've only been back to visit once, um, but I, yeah, I got to get back there. So that's lovely. You've been there. Wonderful. <laughs> so, I mean, there's so many questions I have for you, Dr. Leaf. I'm really fascinated about your work, especially with memory. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, just speaking personally, I wonder, I've asked this question before to some different scientists. And we, I know we have different, you know, aspects of research and different ways of approaching this, but I think all of us have these painful memories, you know, growing up. Ways that, you know, how we define trauma, things that make us feel small or not good enough. And then I feel like we spend our whole lives trying to reframe things and trying yeah. to overcome some of these memories. So I guess my first question, Dr. Leaf, is, is it possible to really change our memories or are we just, you know, do we just have to find tools to cope with some memories that are painful and detrimental perhaps to our sense of self or self-esteem? Excellent question. The most basic answer to that is absolutely we can change. We can't change what's happened to us, but we can change what's in us and how it plays out into our future. We have control over that. And that's been my life's work is to understand how we got the memory into our mind, brain and body in the first place 
and that what that process is, and then can we reverse that process and change it and change how we play out into the future? So that's been four decades of research in that field, working with a multitude of different different types of patients who've battled with things like traumatic brain injury and dementias and autism and severe trauma from whatever, and then just being a human. It's not just people that are battling with extreme situations, but just being a human and being alive, as yes. you quite rightly said, just being alive. You you can't not have, you can have the greatest parents and still have trauma memories because, you know, what happens at school and, you know, our parents come to the party with their issues and that is going to play out in their parenting. So regardless how, how well-intentioned we can be as a parent, and I'm a parent of four kids, you can be as well-intentioned and say, I'll never do what my parents did, but you'll do your own set of things and you'll do some of what they did because it's, it passes through epigenetically until you've actually solved that in your life. So, so yes, absolutely we can. And the way Kimberly to do that is to understand what a memory is and there's so much psychology I, I hate to use the word but I don't know the better word there's so much psychobabble in this world that and social media is just so full of so much advice which is fantastic but it can be very very overwhelming and there's a lot of words thrown out by psychologists that can be very confusing for people so what I've tried to do is to try and demystify a lot of those and use very basic terms to help people because I don't want you to have to be reliant on me as a therapist to help yourself I want you to be empowered to help yourself so yes. my work has been around understanding memory mind thoughts etc emotions what they are demystifying all the psychobabble and the neuroscience and making it very simple for people so that you can change those change how those memories play out into your future mm. and I know you have so many different resources for us including all your wonderful books if you could just give us like a, a basic understanding of you know you mentioned mind brain, emotions, feelings, and there's this babble. And sometimes we don't know what to believe inside of us. You know, our minds are saying, you know, and I can speak from personal experience. I wouldn't have used the term neglect. I mean, I wouldn't have used the term trauma, Dr. Leaf, years ago. But now I think, you know, my parents are really, you know, they did their best. They loved me. Mm -hmm. They were working a lot. So there was a level of, of you know, being me being left on my own a lot, a yeah. level of you know, we use the word neglect just, you know, emotionally in many different ways. So I kind of had to cope and I had to find ways to feel that validation and feel that love. So sometimes now as an adult, as I go deeper into my own self-awareness, sometimes I think it's hard for all of us. Is this a trigger? Is this truth? Is this a memory playing out? Is this an authentic feeling? It gets confusing sometimes when we're really trying to find the path of the voice of what to follow. I love that you said that, Kimberly, and it is because I listen to, I get interviewed by so many people and, get, and I interview so many people and, and in the field, I read so many articles and I write science articles and that, that confusion of the terminology is key in, I think, keeping people stuck because we don't quite know what we're dealing with. And as you say, it's like emotions, feelings, thought, whatever. So we need to define those. So maybe that's where I can start is to yes. try and simplify and give people up a lot of visuals and props and things that make it very easy to understand. And in my books and my app, the NeuroCycle app, which is like literally me giving you therapy, I go into the whole process. So let's start with understanding the difference between mind and brain and body because it's three different things and the relationship. And then what is memory and, and how does it form? That's probably the next one to what we're talking about. Okay, so I've got a, the first prop I've got is a brain. So if those of you that are listening, it's a, not a real brain, it's a brain and it's a prop. But basically, I show this because there's been so much 
emphasis on the brain in the last 40 years, which is fantastic. I mean, my whole, my whole career has been one of understanding more and more about the brain. But we've got so obsessed with the brain that we've become neuro-reductionistic. So everything's mm-hmm. been about the brain and the word mind has been subsumed into the brain as so though it's a synonym. So people use mind and brain in the same, as so though it's the same thing and they are worlds apart mm. and they are so different. And it's the, seeing them as the same thing is locking a lot of people into feeling like they can't change and a lot of the confusion. Because we, if we confuse and we're not sure what we're dealing with, how do you change it? Because you don't know what to change. You don't, exactly. As you said, is it a memory? Is it a feeling? What is that? So the mind is, the brain is a physical structure. It's very complicated and complex. And we're learning more and more all the time. But your brain can do nothing without your mind. And your brain is part of your body. So here's another model. There's your brain in your body. So the brain and the body are physical. We can touch, we can see, we can feel, we can measure. And But if you did, they're doing nothing. So we are live, we're talking, and if I put different types of technology on us, we would see massive brain responses, and we would see blood mm. flow, and we would see electromagnetic flow, and EKG in our heart, a QEG in our brain. But a dead person, we wouldn't see any of that energy. We wouldn't see any responses. So what makes, what is the difference between the dead physical body and the alive physical body like you and I? It's the mind. So the mm-hmm. mind is this powerful force that gives aliveness to the brain and the body. You and I can have this conversation because of our mind. So our mind is a third part, but it can't, it needs the brain and the body. So if you think of the mind as like almost like a cloud that is over and around and through the body. And when someone's dead, that goes. People actually weigh less when they die. There's a, a fraction of a weight at two point something pounds that you weigh less when you die. Wow. And, that's, and there's a shift. And suddenly when someone dies, none of the functionality of an alive person is there anymore. So nothing's working. As, as we're alive now, we're making up to a million cells every second, which is phenomenal. We're actually making a million cells. Our blood's flowing, our hormones are doing this. And there's a whole millions of, of things going on in our brain and our body. None of that's happening in a dead person. So we know that that aliveness is, is creating an energetic force inside the brain and the body. And the brain and the body are switched on to do stuff. So with that in mind, what does our mind then do besides driving the functionality of the brain and the body? It also helps us to experience life. So it's our mind that is enabling us to have this conversation. So psychologically, our mind is our ability to think and feel and choose. So that's what you do now while you listen to me. And while everyone's listening to me, you're thinking about what I'm saying. And how did you get it in the first place? Because I'm sending sound waves at you. So your mind is grabbing those sound waves and electromagnetic light waves. And it's creating a whole gravitational field force that's coming at you. And your mind, that's the sort of physics side. Then, So then as, as all that physics stuff is translated into the psychology of you thinking about what I'm saying, you make it's making you feel certain things and you're making choices. So you're in this think, feel, choose, think, feel, choose, think, feel, choose, think, feel, choose, mind in action cycle at about 400 billion actions per second to process what I'm saying. So wow. mind, is, mind is this thing that is think, feel, choose, think, feel, choose at 400 billion actions per second with all these waves of gravitational fields and all of that goes into the brain and shows up in the brain and the body. And it shows up as changes in the brain and the body, changes in the actual structure of the brain, changes in the neurochemistry, changes in the in the in the actual every cell of the body, the cytoskeleton which holds the cell together, that changes, the DNA changes. So mm. everything that I'm telling you now is changing you completely. And that happens every moment of every day. So while we're awake, we 
take in the world through our mind into our brain and our body and we change our brain and our body. And then that combination enables us to then communicate. So all of that's learning going into our brain and our body and our mind. And then that's we use that combination of mind, brain and body to talk. So as I'm talking now, I am talking from years of studying the mind, brain, body connection, being a patient, I mean, being working with patients, etc. That's all gone into my mind, brain and body. And I've built networks in my brain and my body and my mind of this knowledge and I'm combining all of that and I'm speaking so I'm not speaking from fresh air I'm speaking from my experience and now come to the childhood experience the neglect your parents were busy they weren't they loved you they knew you knew you loved them but you didn't get the time that you need so at critical points in your day-to-day development whatever you didn't get so there were experiences that were then toxic so you would have had so here's a healthy thought let me show you this I like that, Prof. <laughs> there you go. There's a healthy thought because that's what we yes. put into our brain. And I'll explain that in a minute, but this would be an unhealthy experience. Okay. So that experience of, I need my mom, I'm back from school. I'm, I've got this thing that happened and, and where's my mom to share? And it's not her fault. She had to work, but that you needed that in that moment. So there your experience of you, you, you couldn't, process properly maybe I'm just making something up that happened at school and so that's in your brain but now it's in toxically it's all just it's not going to go in like that it's gone in like that and because you didn't have your parent there to maybe help you work it out in the moment this thing became sort of solid little toxic thing that then pushed down and then you went on with your daily life and you saw your parents and the next day maybe something happened the next week and it kept adding to this and then you go into adulthood and those little things that were never resolved became big things and oh, then, Dr. Leaf, oh sorry to interrupt you but when you're saying it becomes a thing you push down it's an actual physical sort of it's a thing cell. it's a thing Yes, so it's, it's, it's like it, you can see it in a microscope. Like it's yes. actually you can see. Wow. Let's see. So so now let's let's back. So thank you for for um, for asking that. Okay. So our conversation. Let me track it to this, and then we'll come back to the childhood. As I'm speaking, I'm sending out sound waves and light waves. That's real. That's physical. We've got physics to explain that. Quantum physics, gravitational fields, etc. You have a gravitational field around you and in you, and that it's all electromagnetics and everything. It's all and I can't take yours. You can't take mine. It's unique to you. It matches your brain. Your brain is designed to match that and your body. So that's that's why when people have transplants, you get memories from other people because mm. the experience that your mind is taking in goes into the brain as this energy field and here's the brain and the body. It goes into the brain and then the brain responds electromagnetically, chemically, quantum level and genetically. And that combination makes proteins makes amino acids which make proteins and those proteins grow together and to form branches and in protein those proteins form little like little in what we call a microtubule they form like little they form structures they form little branches it's the easiest to visualize it yes what we're saying is growing branches inside your brain we've just started speaking so this is how big it is okay so we haven't said that much but everything i've said has now gone into your brain and the little branches are the data and those branches are made of lots of proteins. And in every protein, is, the content of what I'm saying is a vibration that is an about, it's got different fields, positive and negative, all the sciencey stuff that's there inside a physical protein. The little leaves are the emotions that you're feeling. So mind mm. is think, feel, choose. So the think, feel, choose gets stored into the structure. The think, the think, and the think part, and the is the data. So that's on the branches, and the field parts, the leaves, because that's the emotion. So that's the the branches are the data information, which are actually the memories, 
mm. and the leaves are the emotional memory. So that's the, this is the content of what I'm saying, the little branches. So that's the informational memory in these proteins, actual physical structure that you can see in your brain. And the leaves are the emotions that are emotional memories that are being generated as I'm speaking to you. I'm sure it will come as no surprise to you that to think well and manage your mental health, your brain needs proper nourishment. But many of us don't have the time to take multiple different products all day long for better brain and body health, more energy and optimized immune systems. This is why I love Athletic Greens. It has just what I need in one drink. Best of all, it doesn't taste like it's super healthy, honestly. Athletic Greens has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning when I wake up. Even my husband, who can't stand things that taste too green, loves his Athletic Greens in the morning. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your brain, your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash leaf. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash leaf to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The link and offer details will be in the show notes. I mean, imagine if we think about how many thoughts we have, it's all in there. Because sometimes it's all in your brain. It's all in all your brain. All of it. Every all imprint, every thought is still in our brain. It's still in your brain. And wow. then if you haven't changed it, it's in the original format. So here's the beauty. You can change it. And that's what you asked me in the beginning. So yeah. that's a thought. See, the thought's the product of the mind. The mind is think, feel, choose, and all that physics stuff. And the product is a thought. The thought is made of memories. Now, your first question was, you've got memories from childhood. Those yes. me- and you said plural, memories. And those memories are clustered into thoughts. So they group, they categorize into thoughts. So this would be the maybe the school incident. And then there'd be another one that's maybe the whatever fight with the sibling. And then there's another one that's scary, some scary doctor visit or whatever. I'm just, so every, every <laughs> whatever, every little <laughs> cluster. When it first happens, it's small. And then the more, whatever you think about the most grows. So if you never had anything more added, it stays but if more is added it grows so as I'm talking this is growing because I'm giving more information by the end of the conversation we're probably going to look at something as big as this because I would have spoken for a significant amount of time so I'm giving a lot of data and so that's these what the branches are the memory the whole thing is the thought so thought's not the same as a memory so we think and feel and choose to build a thought with our thoughts, feelings, with our thinking, feeling, and emotion inside of it. So the thought is a physical product that we can see inside the brain. And it's the result of thinking, feeling, and choosing. The more we think or choose, the more stuff we grow into into the thought. And over time, it just gets bigger and bigger if we keep feeding it. If we don't, it just stays small. And also, if you only feed it for 24 hours or 48 hours, it'll just disintegrate. It takes 63 days to stabilize this. So for this to stay there, it's got to have repeated. It's it's got to have at least nine weeks of repetition. So if you if your if your mother didn't wasn't there for nine weeks in a row, row this would be stabilized. Even if it was only a small bit of information and didn't add more to just one incident. If it happened nine days nine weeks in a row, it becomes stabilized. Now we don't think in terms of nine weeks, but that's what's happening. The neural pathways become stabilized. But now on top of that, that's in the brain. That's inside the brain. 
as soon as this is happening now, what we're talking about, it also goes in every cell of the body. So the memory inside thought tree, so the thought tree holds the memories, also go into every cell of the body. And we have 37 to 100 trillion cells in our brain and our body. So now as you, I'm talking to you and you're growing the tree, you also having your mind is also building a change in every cell of your body. So your mind's doing brain work and it's doing body work. It's embodying in the mind. So the mind is showing up in the brain and the body. And then every cell, you've seen what cells look like, little funny looking things and they've got lots of stuff inside them. You have something that's like a skeleton of our body. We have a skeleton in the cells. And mm. in that skeleton, it's a similar skeleton in the cells of the body as to inside the brain. So this is also kind of like these are little skeletons. And then the, the information goes in protein format, vibrations inside proteins in the skeleton. I know it's complicated, Wait, but this is, this is amazing, Dr. Lee. Let's talk for a second because I, 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 I have a couple of questions there before go we go on. It. First of all, this is fascinating. And what I focus on a lot is Vedic philosophy and, and yogic philosophy, which is really about don't get so influenced by the ego, by the senses going out because you're pulled in a million different directions. So we meditate to concentrate our energy in what's called the Shashumna Nadi, the main energy channel in here. So imagine your research shows that, you know, when we are constantly, I don't know if you've measured overreactivity, but the nervous system constantly being influenced, social media is coming in, all this is going out as you're saying it, it can just lead to detrimental shifts you know so many thoughts detrimental shifts in our body what we're seeing with the impacts of inflammation and stress and so on absolutely so that's what i've directly shown in my body so when you talk i do yoga I do hot yoga absolutely love it it's, it's such an important part of just helping us to learn to Enter. understand our bodies to get yes. into the cellular state of our to understand the embodiment of memory so when you talk about that internal energy and blocking off the external learning how to just focus in on the moment that's an element of mind management so what mm. you're doing is in that hour whatever that they're doing person's doing yoga you, you you're shifting off the senses and you're teaching the person to tune into how your body feels in that moment which is an excellent exercise to train ourselves to become less distractible and to tune in to our inner wisdom which is inside our brain and our body and our mind three places so we are actually made of wisdom we literally wired for love every cell of our brain and our body is designed for being able to manage the messiness of life and repair and grow from it and that's wisdom wisdom is okay this has happened what do i learn how do i grow and hmm. how do i let go too how do i go how do i move on how do i reconceptualize yes. all that stuff now that that is what we made of we made of psychologically we understand it as doing that but it's also in our body so when you go into doing something like yoga you're teaching your you're accessing your body wisdom you're accessing the cytoskeleton of your cells and the energy that's flowing through them and the memories that are stored in there and whenever it's toxic it's going to create brain damage. So this tree looks different to this tree because these proteins are folded correctly with the correct electrical chemical balance and quantum balance and there's no inflammation. This, the proteins are folded incorrectly. The vibrations are incorrect. The energy is incorrect. The chemical, chemical balance is incorrect. There's, and there is too much inflammation. Inflammation is good for us, but only for periods of time. But when the inflammation stays there for longer periods of time, then that does affect all the different systems of your body. So any and toxic thought is, is as real as COVID. Oh, wow. So I was going to say, Dr. Leaf, if that's what's happening in our brain, which if you guys are listening to this, it looks like this, almost like this monster. It's this blackened 
you know, something like from a horror movie. (laughs) So what is that doing to our digestion, to our fertility, to our inflammation levels in our body? I imagine if we're having all these, you know, the word toxin, toxic thoughts, it's having a ripple effect and affecting our bodily systems. What starts as thoughts? Excellent question. So that thought is in that toxic tree in the brain. It's also in the body. So this thought has three places that it's going to be. And that thought is going to be in the brain as a tree. In the body, it's going to be in every cell. Every cell Uh forms a different system. So your gut stores that memory from childhood. So does your heart. So does your lungs. So does your skin. Every single cell. Every immune cell. Every single cell. It just goes through every cell in the body. It's in every cell of the body. Every single cell of the body contains a part of that memory. So when you have blood circulating through your body, it's carrying memory through your body. It's very complex. So your body is, and your brain. So if you think of it, it's easy. Everyone focuses so much on the brain. You forget about the brain and the body. As it's forming in the brain in these tree networks, that's sending a direct connection to every part of your body. So your gut has got more cells than the spinal cord. Your heart has a brain. Every cell is intelligent. So we always talk about the brain as being the center of intelligence. It's not. Your your brain is part of your body. Each part of your body plays a different role. What do you think about when different organs are said to correspond to different energies, like anger is the liver in traditional Chinese medicine, or when people get breast cancer, it's said to be, you know, disharmony of the heart chakra. What do you think about Eastern philosophy over, you know, your research? I, I believe that we've got to blend East and West. And we've got yes. to blend ancient, blend ancient and modern. And that's what I try and do with my work. So there's different, the terminology that's been used in each of the different traditions is all kind of saying each contributing a hugely important thing. I believe what's happening when we talk about live, the liver, the certain energy in the liver and the heart, uh, nothing works in isolation. So where it may show up more than others is potentially that could be because it's a certain type of energy and there's frequencies in every single thing emits energy. That's Einstein's work. If you're alive, it emits energy. So your liver, because of the density, for example, will emit a certain energy frequency. And and our brain emits certain energy frequency. You pick that up with a QEEG. EKG picks up the heart frequency. So when we have any kind of toxic thought in the brain it's also going to be in the heart or it's going to be and it's going to be in the liver and it's going to be in the gut so each of those will generate different frequencies now all of us are unique so i'm very careful of saying if you have x type of experience it's going to affect your liver i think that's dangerous that's uh, that's dangerous to say what we do know is that the different parts of your body are going to respond to the energy coming in so i've got a toxic thought it's in the brain as a tree it's in the body as changes in the cell but it's also we haven't spoken about this but it relates to this question it's also in a gravitational field around your body and through your body so imagine a cloud that is round and through this Mm. cloud that penetrates that's your that's your mind okay there's your brain there's your body there's your mind all throughout now that mind is energy frequencies it's gravitational fields it's electromagnetic life forces it's electro it's it's the work that einstein did with photon photoelectric effect all of that is the physics side of the of the body and of the mind and it's pushing that energy through the body. If you look at a podcast and you look at the little lines of the yes. podcast, that's a great analogy for how do I look? What does a memory look like in the body, in the mind? In the brain, it looks like a tree. In the body, it's, it's a change in the actual internal structure of the cell and on the DNA. Wow. And in the mind, it's like a gravitational field. If it's a healthy memory, 
something that's positive and uplifting and, and constructive and it's repairing and growing, that kind of stuff where I'm learning, etc. then it's going to be a nice field. If it's something that's toxic, painful, abuse, etc., trauma, it's going to be a very jagged thing. Mm. So if I've got a jagged memory in my brain, I've got a jag, I've got every cell of my body's got a level of that little jaggedness in it. And then I've also got it in the gravitational fields of my mind. So now that's collectively going to hit our areas in our body. And then the liver, for example, because of its density, emits a certain type of frequency that's slightly different to somewhere else. So then maybe the liver is going to pick up that frequency maybe quicker than the heart or for example's sake, for whatever that may be. So we may get a level of response. So I do not think it's as linear as what they make it, but the principle is absolutely correct. The principle wow. is understanding the embodiment of memory and understanding the brain is part of the body and moving away from this thing that the brain, I'm a neuroscientist and I'm telling you that the brain is not the center of control. It's part of the whole mm -hmm. control center. The mind is actually the center of control. And if we don't manage our mind, which is what you're teaching in yoga, you're teaching people to, to a certain extent to manage their mind because you're teaching them to, to learn to focus onto the physical as opposed to the distractions of the external. And that practice teaches people to then learn to do that as they go into their yes. life. But it, it isn't sustainable unless, unless you manage to manage everything. So you've got to use, I always talk about meditation, breathing, absolutely essential for brain preparation and body preparation. But you have to do that. Plus you have to do the work of dealing with the memory from childhood, the patterns yes. showing up in your life, how you're responding in your relationship. What are you doing? How are you functioning? How you function is influenced by experiences that you've had. And so therefore, if you're not happy with how you're functioning, which is your feelings and your behaviors and your, and your bodily symptoms and your perspective, if you're not happy with that, if it's disrupting your work life, your personal life, your peace, your job, your relationships, then that's not who you are. It's not your wisdom. It's coming because of something. So that means you need to do mind management work. Start with meditation to prepare your body because it's hard work. Then you have to do the actual hectic, non-conscious and conscious cognitive work of finding out the because of why is there this yes. And that's the neurocycle that I've developed. The neurocycle is a system. You can put all kinds of techniques into that system, but it's a system for how do I find these and how do I deconstruct them and reconstruct them into something that's healthy that I can mm -hmm. live with. doesn't mean I forget what happened to me, but I change what mm -hmm. it looks like in my brain in my body, in the cells, and in those little fields. Yes. And so that's the whole package. So meditation, what you're teaching in yoga, is basically very important brain preparation for being able to do mind work more effectively. I'll say when I when I talk about yogic science, it really is meditation in focus. It's I don't really do the asanas anymore, Dr. Leaf. I used to, and then it started to get much more in here because I learned, oh wow, out of 196 asanas, 196 sutras, really three are only talking about the poses. So as I got deeper and deeper into the yogic science, it was really about focusing your energy, getting in, going deeper into meditation. And what I found is afterwards, that period after I meditate and I started journaling and reflecting in that stillness, I could see exactly what you're saying. Yes. There's patterns. Like, why does this bother me so much? You know, why does it bother me so much if someone sort of tells me how it is? Cause it triggers something yeah. like, Oh, I don't feel seen something from my childhood. Yes. So 
exactly what you're saying. It prepares, I think that stillness and just creating that introspection, which Yogananda, the great guru who brought yoga from, from the East to the West says introspection is the greatest agent of progress because if we don't see our patterns, as you're saying that we don't really know that we're being affected by our memories. Well, exactly. And, And we also have so much, the narrative of the current narrative is one of, if you feel an emotion, it's an illness, you have a brain disease, you've got some kind of mental health disorder, terrible psychiatric message, terrible mental health message. And I talk mm. about that in my book because that doesn't encourage introspection. That actually right. it's a hopelessness. Introspection is one of, hey, I've made of wisdom. It's my inner core. And we yoga, really yoga and the neurocycle that I've t- really teaches you how to tap into your non-conscious mind. And I don't know if you know much about the non-conscious mind. You you know about it from your training, but you may not have known the terminology and the, yeah. and, and the science. But when you tap into your non-conscious mind, you're learning to tap into your wisdom. And we've got so busy with the distractions of the world that we stay in our messy mind. And there's nothing wrong with a messy mind because the messy mind is the experimental mind, but the messy mind cannot just function alone. It's got to function with with the wise mind. So the way we structured is to learn for it is to everything's uncertain. You don't know, you can't control events and circumstances. You can't, you don't know exactly, you had an idea of what this interview would entail because you've read my book or what you know a bit about me or whatever, but you didn't know exactly what we were going to talk about, even though you have questions and you've prepared because of the uncertainty of life. You don't know exactly what's going to come from here. You can predict with a 70% accuracy in certain situations. My point, you cannot control events, you cannot control circumstances, you cannot control people. The only thing we have control in the past, the only thing you can control is how you manage what you've gone through Mm. and it's the mind management and that starts with being aware and awareness starts with learning to tune into your wisdom and then awareness grows it's got different levels as you you and I both know it's going to be a an initial awareness of that pattern and then training yourself to tune into that awareness and go down deep now in today's world we are quite well trained with all the wellness movement in having a level of awareness of our body. There's so much movement in this, especially in the last 20 years in this direction. There's so much more, whereas 40, you know, 40 years ago, it was just kind of beginning. But at the same time, we've also gone backwards because we're now taking everything back to the brain and the brain made me do it. The brain can't do anything without the mind. <laughs> so if we just say that you've got to look at the organ, like some doctors will say, if you want to understand mental health, you've got to look at the organ of mental health. This is not the organ of mental health. Mm. This is part of the body and holistically the that. that is driven by the mind and it all has different roles to play it's a big the heart and, yes exactly and that's you know just because the brain is complicated so is every cell of the body i mean look at every cell of the body they're so complicated the just a membrane on a cell the intelligence and the membrane of a cell is phenomenal and it's not any more intelligent than the all the cells put together in the brain it's just different types of cells making different organs all working together collectively with the mind to be able to function. And we've got to, what we want to do is we want to learn to to tap into our inner wisdom that is stored in the physical because that is how we experience life. We need a brain and a body for the mind to be able to express, experience and express. So that's why if we look at how we're expressing ourselves, we can track it back and work with our brain and our body to find out what happened. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. we can reconstruct that. Wow. <laughs> Dr. Lee, I have so many questions. Going back to when you're talking about this field, this gravitational field all around, yeah. it, you said it's going through the cells. 
Dr. David Hawkins, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but a couple of decades ago, he attempted to put some sort of measurement on vibrations. And we say we can feel energy from people. Some people just, you're drawn to them. Some people you're like, whoa, you want to get away from them. Does this relate to this gravitational field you're talking about? Let's say someone has a lot of those erratic memories, ne- negative, toxic memories. And so they kind, it kind, comes through in their speech. It comes through in their presence. It can be felt by other people. Absolutely. And, you know, that's Einstein's work in the 1920s. Uh, he's, he won the Nobel Prize for the photoelectric effect in 1915. And he started this kind of, not, not just him alone, but him and his colleagues started talking about how we generate these photons. So it's literally, let's, let's look at it like this, this, you've got this cloud around you. We know from recent research on gravitational fields that we don't, we know that we don't float because of gravity, but recent research is showing that we've actually got unique gravitational fields around around us because gravi- gravi- uh, gravitational fields got to do with the electromagnetic effect. And it's like we have every person's brain and body is a unique kind of structure that creates its own unique electromagnetic field. And that's why you are different to me and why everyone's different to each other. What's very interesting about this is that uh, that manifests in our structure and our structure is designed to suit our gravitational field. But it means that I can do something that you can't do and you can do something that I can't do. So there's, uh, so what's beautiful about this is that we are in designed to enhance each other because it's not that I don't have, it's not that I have failings and I will come different in a moment. It's just that we're different. So I, I can't do everything, nor can you. So that re, 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 relates to the concept of enhancement and the, the need for deep, meaningful connection. So as humans, we recognize the beauty and what you can do, honor that, build that, and you do it in me, et cetera, then we enhance each other. And my intelligence and my wisdom grows because I'm learning from you and I'm seeing the world in a different way. Now, that means that competition doesn't actually exist or shouldn't because competition means that I'm not recognizing, it means I'm threatened and I have to get what that person has or I've got to be better. You don't. It's 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 been a very destructive force. That kind of competition has been very destructive to humanity. When we recognize that you can contribute something that I can't contribute and by your contribution, I'm enhanced and my intelligence is, mm-hmm. that changes the picture. So now that's the foundation. So coming to the impact we have on each other, if I have a toxic experience or I have a toxic thought about someone and I've built this in this relationship because of whatever trigger in the past i have that in my brain i have to change in my cells i have these little fields in the gravitational fields they this combination generates a photoelectric effect it's like Mm. shooting little photons so right now even though we're separated by camera because we are in the discussion we're in a relationship there's no space or time dimension between quantum in the quantum world so quantum physics wise your photons are hitting mine, mine are hitting yours. And because we're in a healthy conversation, there's there's a bond that's forming, it's healthy. But let's say that we didn't like each other or let's say that we were wary of each other. Let's say there was competition between us. (laughs) We would feel very differently. We would feel threatened by each other. And that threat is coming from a distortion in the brain and it generates a field. So those photons that are coming out feel like that. So if you- It's actually distorting your, like we have a core field. field. Yeah, that's it. It's we have our, yeah, you said, Dr. Lee, we have our, our, you know, like our unique imprint that is kind of there. It's, it's never going to fully go away. But when we have these toxic thoughts, it makes our imprint more jagged temporarily. Exactly. But over time, it can stay that way. Exactly, right? exactly like that. So think of a, it's exactly like that. So this field, and you've got all these, the core fields, the perfection of you is always there. But it's not, it's, it's going to be clouded by toxicity, unmanaged toxicity. Wow. 
So you're going to have, and then that then generates out to other people. So it starts with a lot of the, the anger that or the toxicity we feel from other people is coming from the toxicity that they have towards themselves. Exactly. So they're the inner critic. They're not liking themselves. And because of that, they lash out. And then you feel that. So when, when you go into a room and someone, you feel like there's something, they're smiling, but you, you there's Oh, someone. yes. They can say the nice things, but you just feel that. You feel. So that's the photons. Those are actual photons because in their mind, when they saw you, something triggered something from somewhere because every experience brings up existing networks of memories yes. and five thought trees. So every few seconds, five to six to seven of these things are popping up all the time. So every converse, every minute of our conversation is informed by my words coming in, your conversation back, but your conversation back is informed by these trees popping up. Hopefully it's all good trees and mine too. So in other words, every moment that you experience something is colored by what you already have experienced. And it's and so anything that's related is triggered, and your non-conscious mind, which operates twenty four seven, is searching for anything to help you understand. Mm. And what it what it's looking for is the unique wisdom, the clean cloud, for want of a better word. But sometimes there's all these blocks on the way, all these little fields in the way, and those come up. So then you look at the situation like this. So now, as a child, something happened. There's this memory. You meet someone, and they this they trigger is it. Yes. And then, then you look at that person differently. This generates a field. This then influences that interrelationship. So more is added to this. It's more toxic. So the smile is there, but that's this is what you're feeling from the brain and from the body and from the gravitational field. How so do we all- how do we heal those, Dr. Leaf? I'm sure that's what all your, you know, your books go into this, but in a very simplistic sense or general sense, so someone could take away, how do we heal those really unhealthy memories that make us feel that jagged? you know, the, the brokenness. Yeah. The brokenness, the gravitational, the separation between another human being. The way we do it is to basically increase our self-regulation. So as a scientist, I wanted to see that's the big picture self-regulation. I wanted to see how we change this. So our conscious mind is awake when we're awake on non-conscious NON, not unconscious, unconscious when you're knocked out or have an anesthetic. So you get your conscious mind, your subconscious, and your non-conscious. The conscious is when you awake. The subconscious is the bridge between the conscious mind and the mm. non-conscious. The non-conscious, you know, in very few people talk about the non-conscious, and that's a huge problem because the non-conscious is what you're actually learning about as a yoga teacher and all the training you've done. When psychologists are talking, they often say they're unconscious and the subconscious. They're missing this, right. the biggest part of us. So every single experience you ever have had and everything about your core wired for love wisdom you is in the non-conscious mind it manifests in the brain body and these fields and it's unique to you the non-conscious mind works 24 7 and in it is a core wisdom and then all the experiences on the outside so imagine the core beautiful cloud and then all the little black little black vibrations or something just to give people a nice white cloud and then little black vibrations inside the brain it is the core is a beautiful green forest a beautiful rich green forest but around it there's all these things yeah of of experiences (laughs) yeah so what we want to do what you teach people to do with yoga is to try and tap into this part and Mm. the white cloud and to get through the black stuff and to get through the toxic stuff and the jagged fields and to tap into the inner core wisdom when we do that then we can stay in a place of safety and we can fix all the jaggedy things and toxic trees and all that stuff. So that requires self-regulation. And we as humans can consciously self-regulate 
which means watching what we are thinking, feeling, and choosing about in response to incoming information mm-hmm. like our conversation and watching how our, the impact of our words or texts or emails or conversations or whatever we do, the impact in our, on ourselves and on other people and in life. So that self-regulating process, we can do this. And this, this always blows people's minds. You can do that every 10 seconds. Wow. You can be consciously, deliberately monitoring how you are responding, your thinking, feeling, choosing, and how you how other people are responding to you and how your impact of your words, like even writing an email and looking at how you've written it and evaluating that. You can do that every 10 seconds. Which if it's means not good, Dr. Lee, if you come back to center, you shift. You, come, you, you shift. So if you, you can't change what you're not aware of. So what we do with all the distractions of life is that we just go. We just go, go, go. So we become reactive instead of responsive. Self-regulation teaches you to be responsive it teaches me in the midst of my go 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 I realized oh I just snapped at my husband or I just thought a bad thought about this person or I got totally irritated with that or I just wrote a really ugly email or I just made a really bad decision it's awareness and immediately saying that's okay I accept the messiness it's part of it the uncertainty of life the unexpected I was put on the spot my emotions were triggered I triggered this thing this is heavy it's weighty the leaves on this are heavy and weighty they blocked my thinking for a moment I made a mess yes. that is okay that yes. is okay it's fine it's not who you are you're showing up like that because of that's really key in how you become aware is is what I've just the picture I've just painted it's very key that we are accepting of the fact that I was in that moment and that wasn't the truth that was just my response but why did I respond like that is this a pattern do I do this all the time actually I'm doing this a lot in my life okay I need to find a dedicated time for 7 to 15 to 45 minutes max every day for 63 days to work out the source of the pattern and so that's the kind of conversation we need to have with ourselves every day if I do something in all day long we we need to be watching how we we are responding what if we see the source, Dr. Lee, for like, oh, I know it came from this childhood pattern, but then you, you need still to play it out. Then the reason we still play it out is that we haven't sat down and rewired it. And mm. the rewiring takes the rewiring in our brain and our body. When people talk about rewiring, they always think it's just neural networks, but there's neural networks throughout your entire body. So when we talk about rewiring, we're talking about rewiring the brain and the body and the fields. Okay, and that takes cycles of 63 days, not 21. 21 is a myth. That was a neurosurgeon talking about how the stem cells work and nothing to do with habit formation. Yet it's become one of the biggest conversations around habits. It takes minimum of nine weeks to completely get to the point where I can find the source of my pattern and change it. We're pretty good at getting to the source of our patterns. It's yes. hard. Yes. And we can get there. And, and everyone gets that. That's what therapy is about. That's what spending time with myself is about and introspecting. We, we, we get that. But then, as you so rightly said, now I know. And this is now where I want to be. So let me just find I have a little tree over here. Here we go. Where's my little one gone? Oh, I just dropped something here. I love all the props. Doc. I know. I have so many props here and I can't find this little one that I need. I think it fell. Never mind. Okay. So when you're looking for that, Dr. Got Lee, it. Found it. Rewiring. Yes. <laughs> in terms of, and I know your books go deep into this, but is it affirmations, new patterns, self-regulating, you know, somatic work? Those are, those are, those are all techniques that fit into step five. So everything you've said, you can do any of those, any combination you want to so any level of affirmation, somatic work, 
All of that fits into step five. So what I've developed is a system, not a technique. It's a system. Into that system, you can pack whatever works for you. There's so many options out there. Different types of meditation, different types of breathing, different types of CBT Mm. techniques, ACT. There are a million visualization, beautiful exercises. Tapping, havening. There's so many different things. But things like tapping and havening and breathing and meditation would be brain preparation. Mm. It could fit into brain preparation and could also be an action step so essentially what we're talking about with rewiring and i'll come back to this what you've just commented on now is that we are taking we are changing the pattern what you let me just backtrack you said i know the cause i know that's how i should operate but i'm still doing this yes (laughs) okay so you found this thing and it's up and you've landed the plane in the forest at this tree but it's still there you haven't dug it out yet so you have to do the work of tracing from the top the only way to kill to reconstruct this thing is to look at this part which is your interpretation how you think feel and choose about something that happened about that cause so you can't go straight to the cause and just eliminate it you have to see how did you view that so you go from the pattern to the signals of the pattern to the interpretation how do I see myself that inner critic that interpretation how are you thinking feeling and choosing about yourself and then why did I do that what was the processing I did down to the actual then the root cause as you go through that that's a five-step process that's gathering awareness of the pattern and the signals it's taking time to gather awareness of the interpretation then it's reflecting on why the processing reflecting ask answer discuss then whatever you reflect you write in two stages writing to dig deep introspectively to get the brain and body working and find all the stuff and deconstruct you need to write in two stages the first stage is is literally it's called a metacog it's where you just put everything down where you let your unconscious spill over into your conscious mind let it bubble over so there's no organization it's a pattern all over the page I've, I've got a video on how to do it in my app neurocycle app and then I describe it in the book too and I've got a couple, quite a few of my books talk about the metacog phenomenal one of the most powerful tools mm. in digging deep but it, you can't use it alone you must gather first gather awareness which is gathering and we can go into the detail of that in a moment you must then reflect so it's first gather awareness then it's reflect then it's this metacog messy kind of mind that digging out of the non-conscious then the next level of writing is a reconceptualization recheck where you find patterns and triggers and antidotes and anti-chaos you start working out what does this mean and what can i do and then the fifth step which is what I mentioned fifth step a moment ago, that is the action. What can I do now? That's I understand. I've gathered awareness of my pattern. I've gathered awareness of my interpretation. I'm seeing why. I saw the processing. I'm seeing the root why. And I've reconceptualized it. I've reframed it. Now, how do I make that work in my life? How, what's the action step to make it work? If you haven't gone through that, you haven't unwired this thing. That five-step process I've just described, if you do that daily, a little bit every day, by more or less 21 days, you would have turned this thing upside down, dug it out. Think of each day digging the sand away from the roots, upended this thing, and energy never disappears in the brain and the body. It just gets transferred. You would have then transferred it over to building this. So this is now, that was the childhood memory. This is now how I want to mm. That's how the childhood memory is affecting me, but now this is how I want to be. Now comes to the point that you made. I know the cause but I've done something very constructive. I've actually reconceptualized. I've built a new tree. So it's, I haven't changed what's happened, but I've changed how I'm seeing it. So the neglect, it doesn't, wasn't, it, the neglect, I'm bad. My mother doesn't love me enough. My mother wasn't there. 
You've now changed it into you've gone back to the inner child as an adult and said, she did her best. It's okay. She did her best, but it made you feel like this. I validate your feelings. This is very important. That interpretation is not the truth. You are valuable. You are important enough to pay attention to. So you do have value. So that's what this has now turned into. I've just given a very quick summary. Your mental health is and should be a priority. I learned this from my friend, Dr. Daniel Amen, who is a renowned psychiatrist, neuroscientist, and founder of Amen Clinics. The Amen Clinics are unique because they use a comprehensive and holistic approach, including brain spect imaging, to treat mental health issues. I visited an Amen Clinic and seen Dr. Amen in action, and I was able to see for myself how brain scans show that many mental health conditions, such as ADD, anxiety, and depression, are often not caused by just one thing. That's why giving everyone the same treatment will never work. So you can get a treatment plan that's targeted to your needs. I love that the doctors at Amen Clinics use natural therapies wherever possible. To find out how you can change your brain and change your life, visit amenclinics.com forward slash drleaf. If you book, you'll get 10% off an evaluation when you use the promo code drleaf10 at checkout. The link and offer details will also be in the show notes. Of that. So now this, though, is not strong enough. Look how small it is. Yeah, we you're do still this getting thing. triggered, Dr. Leaf. You're still feeling exactly. that. Exactly. Like you're seeing when someone says things. There's a chasm between how you were, which is now gone. It's this. But you still, because your memories, you, 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 the thought has been changed, but it's inside you. It's different. It's, it's, in, it's been reconceptualized. So you don't ever forget what happened. But now you're saying, you said the word yourself. My mother did her best. That, that's where she was at in her. So, but as a child, you didn't know that. So you, you didn't even know how to verbalize it. It was just, I'm not good enough. The interpretation. So all this part of the tree here interpreted the experience as you being not good enough or whatever, or not worthy of time or whatever. The, you know, we all have our own language around what the neglect looked like. This now is, I was... It was neglect, but it wasn't neglect that was intentional. It was my mom was busy. She was doing her best. She could, whatever. You've reframed it. But you still remember that it happened, but you've changed it. But this is going to be triggered quite rightly until I make this bigger. I have to spend Mm -hmm. at least another 42 days, at least every day for at least five minutes, working on what this should look like in my life. I've got to grow this thing. So by 42 days, Ah. this must become that. I've got to give it more energy. This has got to compete with trillions of other experiences in your life. So if you don't give this energy, it's, it's drowned out by all the other trees. I mean, look how many trees I've got here in in my hands. Ah. I can't even see it. I can't even see the little one. Are you, did that that little one, Doctor Leaf? You got to feed it. Are you talking about visualizing or again the five, the same five steps, the okay. same five steps where you every day you go through, you gather awareness. Where am I at today? Okay, reflect a little bit more. Do a little bit more of the two steps of writing and action, and then that fifth step, the active read. So it's the same five steps that you did for the first twenty-one days. The first twenty-one days, you take fifteen to forty-five minutes. So you do it in, in more depth. And each day, you you don't solve it all each day. You just do a little. It's a little bit each day. Same five steps, but now you're doing it quicker. Now we know the cause. We know the direction. Now we're developing that direction. So where am I at today? Where do I want to be by tomorrow? What do I want to learn today? So it's little. It's it's a five. It's the same five steps because that five steps is how you basically are changing the memories inside the thought you are giving it energy your mind is driving what you want this to play out like in your future so you do that every day by day 42 it looks like this very wow. big change by day 63 you're looking like this now 
this can compete with all the other thoughts in your head. Now when I'm triggered by that feeling of neglect in the relationship, when someone does something that was similar to what your mom did, and intentionally, you, that, that's not going to drive, oh gosh, I'm useless and affect you, and you're going to send out the wrong energy vibes and maybe have an argument or withdraw in the relationship or whatever. You're now going to remember, that's how I was, but this is this. I am worthy. <laughs> I I, and that's not a whatever. But this has got energy now. See, I've changed all yeah. the memories. I've reconceptualized wow. them. So I've changed it, but now it's, but I've put 63 days. And so people don't change because they don't spend long enough because they don't know this timing, which is why I do what I do. That's why I've done the NeuroCycle app, which is done in 63 days, where you can take yes. whatever you're working on and you can take it through the proper timing. We have now changed not only the trees in my brain, but I've changed the cytoskeleton inside my body. I've changed, I mean, inside every cell of my body. If I've you're changed consistent the in the work. Consistent. What? change it takes at least six and sometimes sorry to interrupt you Kimberly but it could take more than one cycle you could I've had patients who've had such complex trauma that they've they've spent two three years which is 22 30 because it's if you do 63 day cycles it's 11 a year so if you've what often happens with complex trauma is in the first cycle you only find this part then another mm-hmm. cycle you find that part then another cycle you find that part and then and then you start seeing all the areas that it's invaded and that takes time so there's no time limit. There's no cookie cutter. Do What's fixed is how long, what are the cycles for rewiring the neural networks in your brain and your body? It's cycles of 63 days. Something's happening at each point. The science is in the, in, in the book. When you do it in those cycles, do as many as you need until you feel the mm. freedom and you're not being triggered. Or that when you are triggered, the trigger doesn't trigger you actually anymore. It's just a reminder. It's not a trigger anymore. Triggers mean you fire. This yes. is the Oh, that happens. I used to get mad about that. I used to this or whatever. Now it's just, oh, I used to. This is how Mm, I am. Powerful. It's a sense of peace. Most people are not struggle along. So let's say they go for 20 days and then you have an incident or let's say you go backwards or you take some steps back. Do you reset at day one? Because people may be listening to this and thinking, oh man, 63 is a, is a long time to be right on track with this program. What, you know, do I have to start at day one anytime I get re-triggered or whatever it is? No, not at all. Because that re-triggering is progress. That okay. extra that that increase in anxiety is progress. Any change is progress. So what I've done for you is I've done the research to track if you do the if you move through the cycle, you your brain is pro, you you're making changes. But the changes you make are bringing things up from your unconscious that you've suppressed for years. And when you start seeing stuff in your life, it's shocking to the body. That's where yoga is fantastic to go and work out that extra energy because when you suddenly have a memory stimulated, it makes you feel awful. And you know that's where you, I always say then that's you really need something physical to channel that energy into. So go do your yoga workout or your orange theory workout or dance or scream or sing or something because you've got this energy that needs mm. to come out volcanic style. But that's all progress. I've had some patients who've, who did this and then they got stuck in a, in a depression where they couldn't get out of bed or couldn't get off the couch for two weeks. That's progress. Now, normally you would think, oh, I'm going backwards. No, it's progress. Any change is progress. In my book, I've got a case study and I selected that. There's two case studies. And the one case study is of one of my one of the subjects who was so depressed. They actually said identity was depression. Now you can't have depression. Depression is not an it. It's not like cancer or diabetes. Depression is an emotional warning signal filled with messages. You know, as a yoga teacher, that the Eastern teach, East teachers, the Eastern philosophy teachers that embrace any emotion because it's a messenger. It's not something that you need to be scared of because when you look at it, you will see something that's going to help you grow. In yes. the West. 
what we say is that, oh, that's a disease. You're depressed. You've got a clinical yes. diagnosis and treatment cure, and that's drugs and maybe a bit of CBT done in, in the wrong phasing. Now, there's nothing wrong with CBT if you use the technique at step five. But if you use CBT and skip out steps one through four, it's not going to change the brain and the body. So then they become a temporary fix and people fall back. That's how they use meditation too. If you don't use meditation within a whole package, you're going to meditate. You're going to learn over time, certainly to be less distracted and more focused, but you're not going to fix the childhood trauma. You're not going to fix the marriage trauma, the work trauma, the COVID trauma, the whatever, because you have to repackage that. You have to change that trigger that's inside of you into something that you control. This this is in your unconscious mind, creating tremendous brain damage, creating damage Mm. to every cell of your body. Over time, these accumulate and increase your vulnerability to disease by 35 to 98%. We don't want these. We want to get rid of these. So your mind, brain, and body know that. So your mind, brain, and body train you to, not not train you, your mind, brain, and body send you signals. And those signals come from the non-conscious mind, which works 24-7 through the subconscious, which is the bridge into the conscious mind. What do they feel like? Emotions. That's what they feel like. The emotions you feel Mm. are signals. The pain in your body, that's what it feels like. So there's four signals. These, mm-hmm. when this happens, it's through, you'll feel it through emotions. You'll feel it through how your body feels because remember it's in your cells too. That's where yoga really teaches you to tune into your yes. body. It, you'll feel, you'll look, see it in your behaviors, how you're functioning in your relationships, how you're functioning the way you write an email. I mean, how you're texting, how you're looking at the day as you wake up in the morning. Behaviors, I mean, what you're doing, and then perspective. What is your view? Are you waking up and looking at life with a, just, I hate life, life sucks, this is never going to work, I'm always a failure. When you, those are the four ways that our body, mind, and brain are telling us a story to say, that's not you, there's something going on. The current psychiatric move, mental health move says, if you have those four, if you have depression, if you have weird behaviors, if you have this perspective that, that, that life sucks and I want to just die, and you have all this pain in your body, you've got a disease. You do not have a disease. You have a, a mind issue. You've had an experience. You've had a multitude of experiences that over time have accumulated. Sure, that in your body will over time create medical problems. So thank God for doctors. But that's if you just treat the medical problem and you never sort out the source, which is the narrative that you went through, which is the experience which became a narrative. These are narratives inside of you, made which are memories inside thought trees. If you don't fix those, then the medical problem won't resolve. The medication is mm. going to be a temporary fix. The neurofeedback's a temporary fix. The meditation's a temporary fix. You know, unfortunately, and I'm and I'm all for, as you can hear, I'm all for meditation. Sure. You cannot, the research shows, you cannot fix a childhood trauma with meditation. What you will do with meditation is you will learn how to tune into your body so you'll fix it quicker. You'll get you'll get into introspection deeper. You'll get into the wise mind quicker. So meditation is and yoga are fantastic ways of training people in really bad states to really get in touch with their inner wisdom. It's really if I have to give you one big summary of what I see meditation and yoga doing, that's it's a it's a very efficient and wonderful way of doing that, but it's not enough on its own. You then still have to do that hard work and no one's telling you how to do it. And not everyone can afford therapy. And if you go to therapy, sorry, I'll just, I'll finish with this. If you go to therapy, it's once or twice a week. What are you going to do with yourself 24 seven? You have to mind manage every 10 seconds. So that's what I'm trying wow. to teach people, not replace the therapy. I love not that. Not replace the coaching, but it's how do I live with myself every 10 seconds? That's what I'm offering people is how do I live with myself? with all the stuff now, in the future, in the past, all of it happening together. That's what the neurocycle is. 
Well, and, and there's, there's so many questions I have, Dr. Leaf, but I have to say, how does this play into, you know, you're talking about these thoughts that I love the visual of the toxic thoughts. And, you know, we hear thoughts are things. We talk about visualizations so or visualizing the life you want, playing that out, manifesting. Is there anything in your research that supports when, well, I imagine with these gravitational fields, when we have these healthy thoughts, when we don't have those jagged patterns. It's, there's more potentially flow, harmony with other people. So opportunities start to open up. So maybe in a scientific sense, it's true when you visualize what you want and you're in more harmony it is reflected outwardly in your external world. Absolutely. So visualization is a technique that you would put into, you can use throughout the five steps. So you'll see, even if you, I mean, you read the book and you go into the app, you'll see, I'll talk about visualization yeah I give that little mini lessons and I talk about how visualization how it opens up the brain and the body literally opens up the brain and the body when I say open up it makes these malleable weakens them so it makes you mm-hmm. very it's a great way of becoming conscious of what you are going through so looking at yourself so when you picture something you are you are changing your vision mind vision of, of what is happening and it helps you to then transform more easily and a lot of stuff happens inside the brain so visualization in the sense of working through a, a, an ordered system over time at the neurocycle over 63 days will work but if you just say okay which is what a lot of people do I do not like what's going on in my life I want to be rich famous and healthy and which is you know I mean it's and we laugh but that's really what we encourage to be in this very capitalistic society you know success is vision how much money and how great you look which is really not what success is success is how big your social media follower exactly it's in a piece do you have peace in the midst of chaos then you're a success I don't care what everything else looks like that's where success is so we can we've got to get that level of thinking back but if we have that now what was I saying if we have that vision of just having that external what was I so I wanted to make a point there oh about visualization visualization okay thank you so what we told is take send 10 affirmations and say those and visualize yourself so you want that goal visualize that car that house that body that whatever see yourself there and that in itself is not a harmful thing I mean the, the picturing of that there's nothing wrong with doing that it does a lot of good in your brain but then people think that's it and that's the problem. People think, okay, well, I don't have to deal with this. I'll just take that pretty visual and I'll put it on. You're putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. It's not going to work. Because, well, I was thinking more, Dr. Lee, what about visual, visualizing you being more in, in peace? Like if you can, no, you can that, do that. But even okay. that, even that, Kimberly, even visualizing okay. being more peace. So visualize, please visualize, but visualize in the correct way, at mm. the correct point. If I don't deal with this and I'm just going to use visualization as a Band-Aid, it won't work. If I use affirmations as a band-aid, it won't work. But if I use visualization, okay, I'm going to gather awareness and I can see how I'm reacting. Then I use my ability to picture and I see myself in that situation. And then I see myself how I would like to be. So as you work in each of these steps, you can bring visualization as you go through the five steps. But I'm working with it as opposed to just slapping on, I want to look like that. So if you just take, I want to see myself at peace and that's the visual and there you are at peace, that's not enough. That's the band-aid. But if I say, okay, I'm not at peace. I'm totally mm-hmm. chaotic. Why? What are my signals? What is what is that gather awareness? Like picking apples in a basket, very specific. Then reflect, ask, answer, discuss, ask, answer, discuss. Write the, all this as I pointed them out. Each one of those, you can then, at each of those steps, you can build the visualization process in. When you get to step five, then you've got a more, authentic visualization. Mm. I'm, not, I'm mm. now not putting a that Band-Aid on the wound. I'm actually 
opening the wound and finding out the source of the wound. And I'm dealing with the wound all the way through. So I'm seeing that's that interpretation of myself was I'm useless. Okay, that and I see, I look at myself, I stand back and observe myself. As I'm saying this, I don't know if you can if you can visualize and if your audience can visualize. Take take your inner critic. What is the thing that you say most about yourself that is critical? Like I'm not good enough, or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Now close your eyes and visualize how your face actually looks when you feel like that. Hmm. Can you see yourself? Now, yeah. then now open your eyes and look at this tree and say, okay, that's an interpretation that's not truth. It's making you feel awful. It's having an impact right down to the level of your DNA, your homocysteine, cortisol, everything's going crazy in this moment that you visualize. So if I just visualize myself happy, it's not going to work no matter it's how much still I there. do. It's, it's still there. there. I have to say, why is it there? That interpretation, let me reflect and let me objectively and kindly reflect and say, that's not who I am, but I am saying that for a reason. So it's valid. I validate and I honor and it's sacred how I feel. It's not good for me, but there's a reason. So let me see why. Can you see the difference? Then I'm going to yes. look at why yes. did I develop that in the first place. I'm going to process, reflect, and the two, so the gather awareness is up here. The reflect and which is the second step, and the, the metacog and the recheck are down the tree. And then that takes you to the root. And then the act of reach is the action. Okay, now I know. Now I can say, all right, the rest of today, every time that inner critic comes up that says whatever you just pictured now, now I'm ready to say, actually, that's not the truth. The truth is, and then see yourself hmm. in that. And the rewire. So now, yeah. Now that's, can you see that's the difference? You're just stepping on a band-aid. This will never go oh. away. I'm actually deconstructing. I'm taking all the wind out of the sails of this one and I'm building it into this. <laughs> and once I've got this, then I grow this thing so that this now doesn't leak. This can come back again if I don't grow this. Then this can come back. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is more than just about getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card and optional savings account. So, what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at chime.com forward slash drleaf. That's chime.com forward slash drleaf. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bank Corp of Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. The link and details will be in the show notes. You know, it almost feels like, Dr. Leaf, you're putting all this amazing science on, you know, like shadow work or what Carl Jung talked about. Oh, Carl Jung's fantastic. And and even Freud's early days when Freud was talking, yes. when he operated as a neurologist before he went into trying to please people and make money out of the rich, which is, you know, with rich people and, and, and in the hysteria. And he's, so his initial work was phenomenal. I love Freud's initial work, but his later work is yes, it, it, it messed up. Direction. Carl Jung really was fantastic. The non-conscious, the non-conscious yes. one. He, he of all the older sort of psychologists, et cetera, had one of the best insights into the non-conscious mind. There's very few that I have found. And then there's a couple of other, like, you know, there's a couple of other, Irina Jad is another one. No one even really knows about him, but he's a scientist and a philosopher who I really learned a lot about the non-conscious mind. Mm-hmm. If you understand the non-conscious mind, that's when shift occurs. That's why I spend so much time teaching it. 
So do you think, Dr. Leaf, the reason people are so triggered by social media, I remember when the, you know, the whistleblower stuff came out a couple of weeks ago, Facebook, mental health, all these issues with social media is because it's bringing up these shadows or these, you know, these unhealthy thoughts that people haven't really dealt with. Absolutely. It's triggering. So think of the the cloud with the little black things. So maybe in this part over here or this part or whatever, that was activated. So you read, you know, you read that and it's activating that, which, and then that's got its, that's got a, that little field there has got its toxic tree in there and its representation in the cells, the little representation in every cell. I know it's hard to visualize, but when you pull something up, you're pulling up the field, the brain and the body at the same time. And that's what's been, and all of that is like a, so a visual for all of that is imagine a massive forest, a huge infinite forest. Hmm. And that forest, every tree represents an experience you've had from an experience becomes thoughts because it's a tree, a thought tree with memories in it. And those memories are information and emotions. You're thinking, feeling, and choosing this part's interpretation. That's processing. That's source. Okay, so imagine all these trees in this forest, but through the middle is this beautiful strip. It's exquisite. It's perfect. There is like it's perfection. It's absolutely imagine the most beautiful forest that you can imagine. That's you. That's who you are. That's your wisdom. That's your inner core. That's reflected in your biology. Everything about that and your biology is for survival. You being at peace and surviving and working for you. Your non-conscious mind houses that. Your unconscious mind crosses over the cloud, the brain, and the body. It's the it's the overarching who you are. It then uses the subconscious and the conscious mind to keep you in the safest survival state. Around that forest are all your life experiences. When we've listened to the to the the inner forest, the the, the wisdom of the unconscious mind, we're going to build this. When we've tuned in, we build this. When we don't, we build this. Mm. And that's not true. This is a child growing up. And who's been abused or any at any stage, you trust someone in and you're in a relationship and a trauma bond forms because this person, you know, does these, it is a whole cycle of trauma bonding. I just did a podcast on trauma bonding. The, these, I am totally for the victim. I am never blaming anyone. This is never blame. Love and survival is never blame. Love and survival. Love is all about, I'm giving you the knowledge so that you can develop an awareness of what has happened. It's not uh, some of it is our fault. Some of it we've reacted, but even then I hate to use the word fault because if I get mad at you, I'm mad at you for a reason. And it's totally unreasonable that I've been mad at you because I don't even know you, but something maybe that you said, and I'm not mad at you. I'm just using this as an example because it's so ridiculous, but it, it mad at anyone or you got mad at me or something. There's no, there's, there's a reason why you're showing up like that. So I'm telling people, and I, I hope I can get this through clearly it's someone would say but you shouldn't be mad there was no reason it's your fault you did this forget that say I did I own it I own that mess I got mad it did hurt you I take responsibility for the hurt that I've caused because I really that was not my intention because let me tell you that that madness wasn't you that madness was something that I've gone through there's a because of behind my my me getting mad at you I'm going to do the work to find that that's love that's survival that's standing in the middle of that forest and looking at that toxic tree and in doing that I think oh okay when I was mad this memory popped up there it is on that side of the forest and I'm in the middle of wisdom and I'm looking at that so the process I've just described enables me to stand in wisdom in the middle of the forest and look at that if I do what the current world does or if I don't if I just be current reactive and I don't deal with that, that madness could grow 
into getting mad at everyone and then you get told you have a personality disorder or some you'll get diagnosed with BPD or something like that because right. you haven't ever you, now that's your fault you've got a broken brain and you're a bad person that's terrible meanwhile that person with those who's showing those personality disorder things that are hurting other people and other people deserve to be protected too you don't have to you know we don't have to take stuff from each other we have to protect ourselves too I'm not saying that you've just got to take everything but I'm just saying that you've got to look at the person's behavior if all of us did this yes. if everyone looked at everyone else's behavior as a reason as a because of and then we wouldn't take it personally we wouldn't react we wouldn't fight we would actually how can I help you I see you mad I see you angry how can I help you find the because of that's what I'm trying to teach people I don't know how to teach it loud enough <laughs> Well, Dr. Leaf, in your work, let's say someone does, like, let's say it's an in-law and they remind you of, you know, your parents, something from your past. And to your point, we have to protect each other. So you can own, oh, you know, sorry, but you really trigger me. Do you think in your work, you should try to maybe minimize contact with that person until you go through these 63 days? So you're not inflicting harm on them. Yeah. I've got another image I'll show you. I did a whole podcast on this. I told did a whole podcast on because there's so much about boundaries that it's almost nauseating. I mean it's just yeah, it's just like it's it's become such a it's become one of those phrases that people use too often and they don't understand it. So I talk about space instead of boundaries. And there's nothing wrong with boundaries, but the way it's been it's almost gone out of proportion. Here's a little tiny cup. Okay. So when you've got that in-law who's in your face and really upsetting you, there's the issue. It's you consumed. You can't see the wood for the trees. This is just going to trigger issues in between you. It's going to get worse. So what you need to do is create the physical and mental space so that you can start getting healing. Look at the I've created space. I'm going to start getting more perspective. I'm going to hit that point at about 21 days. But by the time I get to 63 mm. days, look at this. Same issue, the mother-in-law, whatever. Look at the space I've created. Ah, now I can great at, visual. So I take I take myself out of the situation as far as you physically and mentally can and work through why that's triggering you because there's a reason that the action and it could just be that they just play mean, but that meanness is getting a response from you. So there's something in you that's that's not resilient enough against that because they are operating from pain and you can't see it when you in this cup. Yeah. By the time you've gone yes. through 63 days, you can see that doesn't mean you take the abuse. If they but you continue, minimize contact, you get you, stronger. <laughs> you get stronger. So when they come at you in this space, it's not going to affect you anymore because you know it's coming and they have to do the work. And you can encourage them to do the work to find out why. But if they, when you don't respond, when you've sorted yourself out and you don't respond in a reactive way, you respond in love, where you actually you throw new, you know, you're neutralizing, putting water on the fire. Here you're putting fire in fire. Here you're putting water on the fire and that's how you change it. So you can say with love, I own this triggers me. I need some space from you. I'm doing work. You know, let's just minimize contact for 63 days. And if they program with Dr. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. And if they don't like that, that's not your problem. Because we know from all the boundary teaching, we know that when you put up a boundary with someone, the biggest thing about boundaries is that they've crossed over into yours. They've tried to jump in the cup with you. And no one can jump in another person's cup unless they invite it. So, you know, you you have every right. And that's where you have to be understand that any anger that comes from them is because of their hurt. And you just still need you, you need the boundary. You need the space. You need the cup. You need that, that little thing. But you need to get into this one and then eventually into this one. So they have to do the work. And if it means that you don't see them anymore, it means that you do this. this. You've got to do what's good for you. Otherwise, you will just get, make them worse because you're just going to shoot out all those negative photons we spoke about earlier on. You've got to get through the uncomfortable of creating the space 
and hopefully they'll see your change and feel your love and mm. which may be you know just you you stay peace at peace in the midst of chaos when you can stay calm where you used to freak out maybe or get upset mm-hmm. or cry or whatever when they see hey they're not getting that same reaction all they're getting from you is love photons they don't know that's what they are but that's what they're feeling that neutralizes hopefully that's the prompt for them to pull back and sort out their life if not and they, they don't respect you have every right to then if it's affecting your mental health you just keep that boundary until yeah. they've done the work you don't have to allow them in your life if they haven't done the work you just have to get yourself right and stay in love towards them Oh, beautiful, Dr. Leaf. I mean, there's so many things I want to ask. I, two more quick questions. This this is so impactful for everyone listening. The work of the Heart Math Institute talking about mm-hmm. the, I know they work. The, the the vibration of the heart. How does that fit into your research? Versus well, I've, I've followed brain. the research yeah, yeah. for years. So your heart has a little mini brain of 40,000 neurons, which you would have heard if you've, you know, you've followed their work. And they talk a lot about that. So that, so basically your heart, every part of your body, even your lungs, your gut, everything has intelligence. The, the neural wiring is everywhere. So it's never just brain, it's brain and body. So in terms of the heart, the heart does, has a, every part of the body has a role in our mind and our mind has a role in every part of the body so when it comes to the heart the heart does some interesting things it's connected to the when you are making a decision for example there is a connection literally from the front of the brain over here all the way down into the heart and as you make a decision it's an electromagnetic force and a quantum force that moves between the brain and the heart as you make it as you think feel choose think feel choose think feel choose the heart becomes very activated in the think feel choose the feel choose the feel so in that little interim mm, as mm, you're about to mm. choose it Beyond seems thinking. that the it seems that the heart fires up at that point and not that everything else isn't firing up there's response in every part of the body but it looks like from the research and the way we with the way the research is being done i'm interpreting complex research is that the the point of choice the heart releases certain hormones and one of them is atrial nutritic factor anf which when it flows through your brain and your body, you get a sense of peace. So when you've made a good decision, there's a firing back into the this front part of the brain, the connection between the frontal lobe and the amygdala and the heart. There's this little pathway. And there seems to be a very lot, a lot of firing in that area as you are choosing. As I talk about it in quantum physics, we talk about it as before it's the it's before the, you, the collapsing of the wave. So it's when you're in a state where it's neither you haven't chosen. I talk about sitting on a surfboard just before you, mm. just before you fly. You're either going to ride out the wave or you're going to surf the wave. So you're sitting in that state, and it's in that state that the heart seems to become very, very active. And as you choose, the heart releases this hormone if you've chosen in Love. the right way. Yeah. yeah. If you've chosen and anything in that direction. And I yes. actually have this great image of sitting on a surfboard and then, you know, if you choose the right thing, then, you know, you ride the wave, whatever. And the atrial nutritive factor plus 1400 neurophysiological responses will happen. But if you make the wrong decision, it doesn't get released and you fall back in these jaws. I've got this picture of jaws with his mouth <laughs> open. You know, you can get out of jaws, but you know, just for the analogy. Yeah. You know, so you're in that, that's that state of, of decision making, superposition. That's the term for it. It's called okay. superposition. And that's where the heart seems to be very active, but it's throughout the heart is active. Every cell of the heart has every memory that's in your brain. Every cell of the lungs has every memory that's in your brain. Unbelievable. You know, it's, yeah, it is. And we're carrying in our, as, as you got, got born, the blood from the mother is inside of you and your blood is in your mother. So you're carrying each other. And that means your mother's blood cells are in you and her memories are in you. Wow. And, and not and, the father necessarily. Oh, and the father, but that's okay. come through the sperm. 
So the father has just as much influence. So there's a huge, the way that the sperm forms and the vesicles of the sperm sacs and everything through the growth from a child to an adult and then in conception, all of that goes through to the entire father and mother is in you four generations back and probably more. So everything comes through the good, the bad and the ugly, but it comes through on top of your genetic code, but it comes through dormant. So everything from previous generations comes through dormant. This is called epigenetics. But it doesn't, it's only activated if you if it's nurtured. Mm-hmm. It's activated, it's opened up, or it can be destroyed or activated or stay dormant. So there's three options for things that come through the bloodline. Wow. Dr. That's, Lee, another, that's another whole discussion. And I don't have discussion. time. I've got an, I've got another interview. <laughs> last, last, very last quick question. I really resonate with your work, Dr. Leaf, about you know, 10 seconds, 63 days doing the work, doing real work. I live in LA where it's become quite popular. And I'm sure you've heard about all the different plant medicine modalities. Yes. People are drinking things and taking things and saying, this replaces my therapy. This is me doing the work. You know, I don't want to open a can of worms here, but I've met people that are, you know, drinking a lot of different things consistently and then saying, you know, it's almost like they're <laughs> they're spiritual Netflix. ego increases. Netflix. Yes, they're like, now I'm a healer. I have this or this. What's going on there? You know, do you think it's just, you know, creating some sort of harmony in their their mind temporarily? Or it's- there's, there's, there's a lot of things going on and I only have a few seconds left. My producers are yes. in, the, in the room, but very quickly, it's once again looking for a quick fix. So whether it's a pull or an activity or something, doing something external, taking something external and putting it inside, but it's not going to be sustainable because you have to do the inside. Everything works inside yes. out. You have to change brain, body, Mind, brain, and body has to change. So all those extra things just add value to the pot, but they're never going to be sustainable. So you can't just drink some plant and think that that's going to fix your your trauma, or have you know go and have mushrooms. I can never say that word. Yeah, yeah. Whatever having which will basically help you, you know, under very controlled conditions, can bring help to. It's a it's a psychoactive substance that brings stuff out of the brain and the body, but that's not going to heal you. You have to do the work of once it's up, and it can be a lot for some people. So some of those plants can have very strong psychoactive effects. Things like it, it, nothing external, physical yes. putting in is going to solve the problem. It's only going to be part of a solution. The whole the Wonderful. solution has to be mind driven. Mind without mind, you're kind of wasting your time. I love that. And that's a very concise, amazing answer for that, Dr. Leaf. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Incredible. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf.
This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.